Good evening, folks, and welcome back to another episode of South of Cheddar Curtain. As always, it's your boy, Devin Hine, sitting across the table from the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Lucas Mueller. You want to say hi to the folks, Luke? Hello, folks. Well, if you missed it, our boys didn't quite pull out the W this past Thursday. It's been almost a week, man. It's been a while. Yeah, nice time to kind of get away from it. Our Packers came out with a hot start and then cooled off, and it seems it's a pattern that we cooled off until the second half, dug ourselves into a hole we just couldn't quite dig out of, and fall to those damn Lions, 34-20 to 20 at home. Yeah, it was a it was a little bit of a rough game, right? Uh, we got that field goal really early on, which already wasn't a great sign. Yeah. That should have been a touchdown, that drive. Those early turnovers, if you don't capitalize, like with a touchdown or at least flirt with the end zone, we didn't, we didn't even slide in those DMs. No, we had four plays, zero yards. Nothing. So not, not even a hello. Not great there. Um, and then it just was an absolute dumpster fire for the rest of the first quarter and second quarter. A um, little bit of an embarrassment, I would say, and, and so did LaFleur, I think, at halftime. But it was, man, we haven't gotten stomped like that in a little while. And that's what it felt like. We were just getting stomped all over the yard in the first half. And unlike the previous week, we did not stay close enough to do anything in the second half. We looked better overall. Yeah, we obviously. fought. We got going. Um, there was a time when it was a, a close-ish game, so it's not like I'm going to count this all as garbage time necessarily, right? No. Um, because you could definitely feel we were getting back into it, and there, there was one little stretch. It was what, 17-27 um, when uh, the Quay Walker play yeah, happened? 27-17 to 17 yeah. when the Quay Walker play happened. They would have been at 30-17 to 17 with basically the whole fourth quarter left. Right. And um, having momentum, and it's amazing how even the broadcast yep. booth, that one play just changes their entire rhetoric for the fourth quarter. And it changed it from a two-score game to a three-score game, just like that. Oh, I get it. It's just this went from, uh-oh, here come the Packers again, to, oh, this game's going to blow out the entire time. I'm so happy for David Montgomery and all these Lions guys. And it's like, okay, no, granted, they had a good game, but like we were just, just on the cusp of a comeback. Yeah. Let's let's chat a little bit. I know they won the game at that point, but like, come on. We we put in a very good effort in the second half. We did. Just go down swinging. Like I said with my yeah. no last week, Jordan was not going to let us just go quietly and be blown out. I mean, a couple, you know, player two, maybe like to add back, we'll get into it, but I was pretty happy with this team's ability to uh, at least stand up and get back in the ring in the second half. Yeah, because I think you see this um, kind of week in and week out with a lot of bad teams. We, I believe we talked about this a little bit last week, is that a bad team, if you if you put them down like we were, 27-3 to three at half, they're not coming back. They roll right? over. Yep. They roll over and you're done. You end the game like 38-3 to three or whatever. Um, and it looks a lot like that Chiefs-Bears game, right, from a, a week or two ago. That's kind of what it turns into if you're a bad team. However, if you're uh, a team with some fight, with some grit to you to try to get back into it, this is kind of the outcome that you end up with if the hole's too big obviously. Um, so yeah, overall, not happy about the game, but there were definitely things to take away from it, I feel like. Yeah, this isn't completely burn the tape and right. know, call your therapist and see if you can forget it. Not quite there. That's what it looked like it was going to be in the first half, so we turned it around at least somewhat. We did. We did turn it around. We had a few players really step up with the opportunity for a nice comeback, and we're going to begin with, I think, and I know, with my first... I know, I know that everyone who listens to the show well enough 
knows exactly what we're starting off with right now, Luke, because you're going to pull out your calculator and you're going to tell me about Josiah's new yardage lookout. Because my so man, sorry, guys. I'm my so sorry. man, Josiah Deguara, not Deguara, Al Michaels, get your ass retired. Deguara, who's that? I don't know. Deguara, his name is Josiah Deguara, and he is the prophet. And let me tell you about his oh god four catches i'm so sorry on four guys. targets for 34 yards with a long of 13 now we didn't really start you know hitting into this lead until the second half but i'll tell you what man on that last drive before halftime where jordan almost got a hail mary off but we have offensive line that doesn't like doing their jobs who is it that got us two first downs? Who got us in strike of a Hail Mary if we had a competent offensive line, Luke? Josiah. It was Josiah. Thank you. Who was the first one to start throwing jabs? Josiah. Thank you. What has your uh, research brought up to you, sir? <laughs> okay, so he has 39 uh, total yards this Ooh, year. Ooh, Josiah. So that, that ends up as 9.75 per game. So he upped that from whatever it was, 1.6 whatever. It's a borderline breakout player. To uh, It's a 9.75. So you take that, you times it by the amount of games we have, right? 17. It's like, going, you do a grand total of 165.75 Respectable. Yards. That is respectable. I mean, still just a shade over half of what you predicted, but... Season's young. It's, it's, it's an improvement. I love that we have Josiah watch this year. Yeah. That, that's, that's the big thing we got going for us. <laughs> Makes me happy. Not only happened because Musgrave went down. See, why you got to do this? Why it's, you got to be like last it's half empty? I'm not half empty. I'm just telling you, he his opportunities went up because Musgrave went down. So that's not a trade I want. Statistically speaking, yes. Just, you know, share of targets, percentage, I understand. But you still had to step up and make the plays. Yeah, and I'm just saying, I hope he doesn't have to step up and make the plays the rest of the year because I want Musgrave out there. We can have them both. We do a lot of two dead end sets. All sarcasm and rolling your eyes at me behind. Maybe it gets him going a little bit. Hey, I'm all for players playing well and making plays. All right. I got my gloating out of the way. Now you're up. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I'll, I'll do this now. I'll do this now. So, something that got brought up a lot was about the uh, the fans, right? The fans. Yep. The fan situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think, I'm going to go with an I think. I think that this game, on some level, may help me decide what I'm going to do in my future with the Packers season tickets that I will get to my name at some point. Juicy, do tell. Right? Okay, so for anybody that doesn't know, you can get on the season ticket holder list, and it is a ridiculously long list. I think if you join now, you're like 150,000 people something like that and realistically it goes down by somewhere between like a 500 and like 4,000 a year so you're never going to see those tickets those are for your kids or your grandkids um i was lucky enough to be put on when i was young very small so i'm at 14,000 okay just around the corner just right there well when you get to 10,000 they give you a choice so also for anybody that doesn't know Green Bay used to play two games in Milwaukee, Milwaukee County Stadium, until like the early 90s. Yeah, there's that Milwaukee pass, whatever they were talking about. That's the gold package. That's what this game is. So the second and fifth home games each year are the Milwaukee gold package. So they are essentially they gave those games to the Milwaukee season ticket holders from when they played in Milwaukee County Stadium. Got you. 
So one, three, four, six, seven, eight, and potentially nine, depending on the year, are the green package, which is what you think of when you think of uh, Packers season ticket holders. Now, once you get to 10,000, they give you a choice. Do you want to jump to the group, to the gold package or do you want to stay in the green package? Because you default to the green package. The gold package has a much shorter line. Do you get far less games, obviously? Mm-hmm. Right? And gold package is known for maybe not necessarily showing up as much, especially to night games. Oof. Especially night games, especially weekday night games, right? Which explains why we didn't have potentially the best attendance and there were a bunch of Lions fans in there, right? Now, this is where it comes to me. This is very long drawn out, but that's okay. No, I'm here for it. Um, so it w- I moved up by 4,000 people this last year, which means that potentially next year I will have to make my, my decision. As early as next year I will have to make my decision on if I'm going to stay green or if I'm going to go gold. You can do a whole like, LeBron James the decision thing where you have two different hats, one yeah, green and one gold. I'll be on ESPN. Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm a little torn now, right? Because I would think that if you only have two games to your name, you're showing up no matter what, right? That's what I would think. Like, if I was a gold package member, I'm taking, as soon as the schedule's released, I'm putting in my time and off at work. I know it doesn't work that way for everybody, but I'm doing that. I'm scheduling it. I'm going to be at both games guaranteed. My life revolves around those games. Well, we are the elitist of Packer fans, so that's why. And if you're going to assume that people have half the heart that we do... But I'm saying if you only have two games, wouldn't would that increase so. the importance of the games? And they're also super expensive, like, and yeah. a life-changing experience. I mean, just like Packer tickets in general, NFL, live stadium events in general are expensive. Well, here's here's part of the thing, right? So a lot of people, both green and gold, don't go to the games, right, and sell the tickets. That's how this happens. And you make a lot of money selling the tickets. So a lot of the tickets are, like, at least three times face value for the, the ticket holders. So they're making tons of money on this. Right. But where's your pride? Where's your soul? Well, here's the thing. Since they went to uh, Ticketmaster NFL Ticket Exchange, you don't know who's buying the tickets. Right. And I know, so maybe this has turned into I know. Oh. I know that if I'm a green package holder, I'm not going to make it to all eight or nine games realistically. Right. Like it's probably not going to happen. Correct. So that puts me in the position of probably selling some tickets. Right, and I, can I, in good conscience, sell them and not know if the Lions fans going to show up and sit in my seat? If you're contributing to the pandemic of blue that we've had in Lambeau of late, it's right? A great question, Lucas. Right. So that's I know if I if I had the green package, I'd sell some of those tickets. Right. Realistically, if like you guys couldn't go, or you know, you or any of my other friends couldn't go and just you know pay me back for face value, if nothing else, um, I'd be cool with that. But gold, I'm going to both. Pretty much doesn't matter what's happening right i'm going to the games so that's uh man i don't know what i'm gonna do and also this is something we've experienced a little firsthand right because when we were at the lions game deja last vu, year baby. Deja vu. there was so much blue there so much yeah i have some friends that went to the game and said they could see a lot of blue you could hear lions fans as much as you could hear our fans which is just pathetic on so many levels attendance and then just ferocity like, come on, guys. What are y'all doing? Well, Ferocity, I'm not surprised by. They're a hungrier fan base than we are. We're a very dedicated fan base, but we've probably at this point gotten a little... <sighs> resting on our laurels? Yeah, definitely definitely resting on our laurels. The success has gone to our heads somewhat, I, I feel, right? Which maybe, is understandable. Maybe for them, but not 
Not for us. Not when I'm, we're there. I'm, yeah, not for us. I completely agree. But for a lot of fans, right? It's not quite the experience that, that a Lion fan has coming into Lambeau. That's especially coming in and being the Packers of Lambeau. Could you imagine that as a Lions fan? Like you're the little brother that's been kicked for the last fifty years. You know? Now you do it twice in a row. Yeah. You're yeah, you're gonna be pumped and excited. More pumped and excited than the Packer fan sitting next to you that says the season tickets for the last forty years is. You know, that's we definitely have kind of an aging physical in the stadium fan base that I think kind of helps contribute to some of this. And you, you could also use it as a money-making venture, right? Like I said, I mean, you're talking at least three times face value. I know. I know. But there's still the Packer idealist in me, which just wants it to go to Packer fans. And I get you can't. You can't control that um, unless you do it, you know, kind of private party style. We're just going to have to go to as many tailgates as we can the next time we go to a game and just hype people up as best to our ability. We're going to have to do something, man. You said I was a social butterfly last time. I did. And if I am given a quest to increase Packer excitement, oh, by golly, we're going to have a time. We are going to have a time. I promise you that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. I think I've talked enough for both of my I think and I knows. Yeah, I don't really have another one. I just That's had fine. to shove jo- Josiah in your face. I, I was wondering when it was going to happen. I'm glad we got it out of the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so speaking of getting things out of the way, uh, Packers got all their excitement of the first half out of the way pretty quickly. Shout out to my brother-in-law, Matt Hubbard, a.k.a. Rudy Ford, who got an interception on like the second or third plate from scrimmage from mm-hmm. Goff. Just Packers sitting in, a, I believe it was a cover three zone, just chilling, waiting on the in route, and Goff somehow didn't see him. It wasn't des- designed, disguised super well. He just didn't throw it to the hole in the zone. Rudy picks it, takes it back to within Detroit's red zone, and like you said, we get the ball on offense. I believe it was three straight passes, not yeah. necessarily by design, um, which is a theme for a lot of this game, was that LaFleur said in the postgame that we did have a lot of run cans where you have the run play called and based upon the box alignment, how many right. guys are there to stop the based run. Based on the defensive look. You can it to a passing play, which I don't, I don't disagree with that logic. I think at some point you do just need to make sure that you're – giving Aaron Jones his touches, because we've seen in the past, even if it is a crowded box, he will still make people miss. I get he was on a bit of a pitch count today, or Thursday, my apologies. But at some point, you do have to eat your vegetables and run the ball. At some point, you got to do it, right? Yeah. You have to. You absolutely have to. And I think that the – well, let's get into it now. The fact that Aaron Jones had five carries is downright criminal, right? He had five carries. Asia Dillon had five carries. Jordan Love had two. We ran the ball 12 times. I understand you get down early, but it's not like between all those scoring drives for the Lions, we didn't have the ball, right? Yeah, they dominate time of possession because we would just get the ball and go three and out or right. four and out, whatever it was. Right, and it's – the other side of it is you got to protect your players, right? And Aaron Jones looked like he just got demolished every time he got the ball to kind of start the game. But you got to do something. you got to at least – utilize him some way, right? Because how did he beat the Bears? It wasn't just carving him up on the ground. He had two receiving touchdowns, right? Yeah, send him on a Texas route past Alex Anzalone. That's a winning recipe. You got a rookie middle linebacker on the other side. I mean, you don't he's think... from Iowa, but yeah. Uh, yeah, no, he's a phenomenal player. I think he's going to be great. He's kind of a, uh, a Tre- Tremaine Edmonds-type guy, given his size and length and speed. Kind of an unusual build for a middle linebacker, being that tall. At least it was, yeah. Now we're starting to see more of them. True. It's freaky stuff. True. Um, but taller, lengthier than Quay even. But, you know, and especially this game, for the love of God, throw a screen, right? The pass rush destroyed us. 
How do you slow him down? Draws, screens, right? Quick and don't things. do any of that with A.J. Dillon, for the love of God. Neither no. of those things. No. Aaron Jones, I felt like there were ways we could have gotten him more involved than we did, even not if the ground game is not working. Clearly, it didn't work, but we did. like you said, we didn't really try either. No, we didn't. And I'm sure part of this was trying to keep Aaron Jones fresh. And at some point, it's like, all right, when we're down 27 to 3, when it, when it gets that bleak that quick, you're going to be throwing the ball more anyways. I think maybe LaFleur and the boys take a little bit of a calculated decision. Like, all right, this is getting away from us. Yeah. Let's pull Aaron for a little bit and just see what happens. I don't disagree with that. But like I said, we got the ball between each of their scores. That's kind of how it works. Yeah, but I'm saying at some point you just decide, like, okay. We're down. We're yeah. probably not coming back. This is one of our best players. Let's not use Let's them up throw now. Him on the bench. And I completely agree with that logic. I'm just saying early on, he wasn't there either. No, he wasn't. When he could have changed the course of the game. I mean, he could have tried with how bad the offensive line was looking. I mean, it was pretty much everybody. There was one play. Uh, not Aaron Nagler, the Packet podcast guy. Herman. Yeah, Herman. Herman pointed out. I think it was an A.J. Dillon run where Royce Newman is supposed to pull. He pulls, and the guy he's supposed to block, he just completely whiffs on. And then A.J. Dillon, I believe it was Dillon, makes the guy miss. And then the, the next guy that Dillon has to go through, Royce Newman could have easily gotten, but he just laid on the ground. Like In the time it would have taken him to stand up and then go engage somebody else, he could have gotten A.J. Dillon four or five more yards. But instead... He whiffed on the original block. He ruined the play once. He laid on the ground, feeling sorry for himself. Didn't get up. Didn't go block the other guy. Ruined the play twice. Get him off the field. Put in Michael Jordan. Put in your dad. I don't give a shit. That is inexcusable. You can have good plays and bad plays, but that play is just a nutshell of what we've seen from him. Like, if if someone gives it their all and they're just not good enough, okay, that's one thing. But plays like that, Royce Newman, with how you've played for this team, are you kidding me? 100% Paul Bear alert. If anything happens to me, remember me, hopefully in a nice way. But at least let me smile from the grave by knowing that Royce is carrying me down one last time. Please, God. It, it really is mind-boggling why we haven't tried Sean Ryan yet. And I'm, I'm hoping this is... This is the game if Jenkins can't go. Um, he was back at practice, yeah, he, so I'm he hoping looks he's like, going to go. It looks like he probably can. He's questionable. He's back at practice, limited participant. But if he doesn't, for whatever reason, like we can't drop Newman back out there, right? We, we just can't. I don't care how bad Sean Ryan is. You have to try because we know Newman is not good, right, to put it mildly. Not good and doesn't try. You can't be both, right? You can't be both. No. Um. You can make a, a long living with being a, a kind of try-hard backup smart lineman, right? Totally. The Bears may even decide to make you a smarter a starter, Lucas Patrick. <laughs> uh, but you, you can carve out a long career that way, and it, he's just not. He's showing like he doesn't even belong in the NFL at this point. And given, I know last year was rough, but his rookie year showed some promise, right? He was the weakest part of that line, but he was okay we weren't bringing him up all the time right he was fine um and even fine would be a huge upgrade at this point so we got to try something else if jenkins isn't in there if jenkins can go 
completely changes the the outlook for the offensive line to me. But yeah, they all sucked. JRJ had a bad game. Zach Tom had a bad game. I think Zach Tom was also banged up. Didn't help. Yeah, yeah. It seemed like he wasn't fully back from injury yet. Uh, just, just bad all, all across the board. There didn't give Jordan any time to throw. Didn't give us any running lanes at all. And we already have a bad run blocking offensive line this year. It seems it was next level bad. And it was extra bad. So we got to figure that out going forward want to point out that we had a max protection where we had eight guys blocking and they got through a three in two seconds. Pretty sure that was Royce or Josh Myers, but like ungodly pathetic. Not good. Mm -mm. Not good at all. Not good at all. And then that's going to carry into Jordan. I mean, I thought overall still a decent game. The, The one pick he had in the first half was just a bad decision. He thought he had the linebacker moved over enough, and Anzalone just tipped it right to the safety. Well, so here's the thing, right? That's a concept that's gotten kind of a lot of um, a lot of play recently. That's their strike concept. And where you you don't see it, and you just rip it? Correct. Yeah. And that's Aaron hated that play for that exact reason. He did not like having his back turn to the, <clears throat> the defense the entire play because when you flip back around, that ball's got to come out, right? And you don't have a lot of time for it. The linebackers aren't exactly where you want them to be. To make an adjustment. Yeah, or to move them with your eyes. Correct. I mean, they're, the play action makes them move. At that point, you're done. Like, you, you can't do anything. Like you said, you can't look off in the other direction. You don't have time. That ball's got to come out, timing-wise, to that in route. And wait, you're saying, so after the play action, so like yep. normally, like, if you run the ball well, maybe the linebackers would step up, and then that's a really easy throw. I would think so, and also you're playing against a very athletic linebacking group that is going to drop like crazy into coverage. Just showing another cookie crumbling. Yeah, Anz- Anzalone and Campbell, pretty athletic quick, back dudes. there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I would say both probably a little more coverage than, at this point in their careers, uh, coverage than downhill. Agreed, yeah. So that was, that was a little tough. But, yeah, ugly, ugly, ugly pick there. As soon as he threw it, I was like, oh. That's not it. That's not it. No, it wasn't. Um, I mean, receiving-wise, so so Watson didn't really play a whole lot. He did have a touchdown. Also on a snap count. Uh, yeah, also on a snap count. I mean, Reed and, Reed and Romeo doing their thing, little R&R is exactly what we asked for. Romeo 9 for 95, Jaden Reed 3 for 55, including the, the bomb 44-yarder, which shouldn't have counted because the ball was definitely snapped. After the third quarter ended, but hey, no, let's I'll take it. It's fine. I do want to mention at this point, right? Reed makes a play every single week. We yeah. hit him on on something like that every single week. Some sort of slot fade situation, whatever. You know what we also hit every week? Big play every single week. Two-point conversions. Which is weird. I feel like we can never do it with Aaron, and now all of a sudden our team feels like it's a little bit worse. We're like automatic on two-point conversions. I'm hoping we don't still continue to see them because it usually means the game's not growing great. Correct. The, uh, occasionally, you do them ahead, just kind of make the it a two-score, three-score game or whatever. Yeah, I really liked the the play on that one where you kind of purposely have someone going against the grain towards the back of the end zone. I thought that was really interesting, um, especially on a sprint-out, roll-out play, because I don't like those in general very much. It always seems like if that initial flat read isn't there, you're kind of screwed. Yeah, no, totally. Everybody's it's... going the same direction as you. Yep. Right? You're cutting the field in half, so interesting to kind of have somebody going back working towards the left while you're sprinting right you need the right kind of quarterback that can do what jordan did and i think he he showed some really 
impressive throws too, especially under pressure. This was kind of one of them. Not under insane pressure, but dude had to stop on a dime, just flick it across his body a little bit, um, and just nailed him. I mean, that was that was a really impressive play design and throw. Speaking of impressive, Samari Toure on the sideline taking the ball away from that dude. Loved it. Thirty-five yard bomb. Loved it. I guess that's why he throws to you in triple coverage, man, because you're just gonna <laughs> go up and get it, even though you're like five eleven out of Nebraska. All right, Samari. All right, man. I see you. It's a great play. Glad to see he did something right. He got to he got to prove himself and show up a little bit here. Yeah, he's like again. This is why he throws me the ball all the time. How about Romeo? I mean, Romeo doing Romeo does, man. Thirteen targets, nine receptions. You're pretty happy with that percentage. Some beautiful route running, some contested catches. I mean, he is love safety and blanket for sure. Yeah, it's really interesting seeing him kind of develop into, for lack of a wide receiver one. Yeah, right? he is. I get that Christian Watson's banged up and was on a snap count, so it's not exactly apples to apples, but Romeo is that possession guy that's going to get most of the targets. I think at the beginning of the year, I kind of brought that up as, as what I expected, right? Like 80, 90 catches. He's right on pace for that right now. Uh, we'll see how that changes with Watson coming back and playing more and more and more this week, next week. Or not next week, next week's the bye. But um, kind of as we go forward, but really like that he's been able to kind of push himself forward. He's getting the number one corner, and he's still still producing. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I would, I think I would maybe go to Dobbs, like maybe ninety or hundred at this point. We'll see how the numbers yeah. all work out. I think I have I maybe enough predictions. But I would, <laughs> I would think Watson has more yards. Just because he's the deeper threat. But yeah, Romeo should definitely have more catches. Probably not at this point. But yeah. Did we did we talk about love enough or you want to hit that a little more or go to defense? It was interesting. I think we'll hit him real quick a little bit more. I think he definitely held on to the ball a little bit too much. Um, you know, referencing again JTO Sullivan's great kind of series. Uh, what are called turndowns. So you're you're not throwing the open ball, the open route. Uh, he had a couple more of those, especially on on slants and some ins that were odd, considering he he really likes those, seems to like those those routes and those concepts. Um, so he seemed a little gun shy, which isn't necessarily super shocking. Pressure can do a lot of things to a young quarterback. Um, he had that one play where he kind of like freaked out and tossed it backwards and sideways, right? Yeah, that was not less great. Than ideal. Not great. Don't do that, please, ever again. Um, the sack is the much better play there. Or just throw it at the running back's feet, whatever, but make sure it's forward. Uh, I think it was probably his overall worst game, I think. Um, he obviously made more questionable decisions. He seemed more hesitant at times. But then again, you also had periods where he was just letting it rip as we were com- kind of coming back. So kind of a Jekyll and Hyde game for him. Um, I saw some good stuff. I saw some stuff that's a little worrisome. We'll see what he looks like when he gets more than 0.3 seconds to throw the ball. Yeah, that's pretty much what I was going to say. I mean, you did see him be a little more rattled, but who isn't? Like, even Tom Brady will stand in sometimes and make some amazing throws. But you also see him fold under pressure. Like, no great quarterback is great under pressure all the time, especially when you are under arrest pretty much the entire game. Mm -hmm. Didn't seem like a lot of the game plan was helping. It was a lot of deeper routes. And I wonder if when we're talking about Jordan Love not taking the underneath throws that are right there in front of him, you wonder if the floor and the guys are saying, like, hey, like, we really need to be pushing this. Well, it's interesting you bring that up because he has the, at least to this point, 
he has the greatest A dot. So we're going to get technical and statty and nerdy here. Ooh. Um, and the lowest completion percentage, at least coming at right after this game, um, in the league for starting quarterback. So what I mean by that is he's completing the least amount of percentage of his passes, but he is completing on average the longest passes in the league. So, so his targets are going deep. Yes, he is. He is in theory pushing the field, the ball down the field more so than every other quarterback, um, which is going to naturally lead to lower completion percentage. Obviously, the longer the throw, the less likely you are to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, that has to be. I don't know if it's game plan dependence or it just kind of we liked that idea across our first three, probably three because this one was a little different opponents. I don't know if that's just what they the style they like with Jordan. That's what Lafleur really wants to call. It'll be interesting to see if that kind of holds up because that's kind of not what I would have expected for his first year starting. You're not exactly making it easy on the kid. You're not making it easy on the kid in ideal circumstances, and you're making it much more difficult when the offensive line has been playing as poorly as it is. And you still have young receivers that are still trying to figure out what the heck they're doing sometimes. I would highly suggest we go to shorter routes. You can still do crossers. We can still do a lot of the same concepts. Just bring the primary route down by 5 or 10 yards. Easier said than done. I understand obviously. that. Um, and like I said, maybe it was matchup dependent somewhat. I don't know. We'll see going forward. But that was that was some super interesting stats I saw. It's not what you would have anticipated coming into the year for sure. Good point as always, my friend. I got you. Defense. Defense. Okay, so we can really just talk about like one or two guys, right? Like sure. Everyone else kind of sucked. Really Walker had 19 tackles. Yeah, and I saw some stuff that said like he graded out really poorly for this game because uh, he couldn't shed blocks or, or whatever. And on some level, that's true, right? Maybe it was a little bit of a Blake Martinez, A.J. Hawk style game. Yeah. But at some point, someone does have to make the tackle someone on the has defense. To make the tackle or it's sixty points. Correct. So if that's Quay every play, that's not great. Um, the defensive line had like no tackles this game, so that means that you're not getting a ton of uh, penetration. You're not getting any tackles for losses. Where you see that D tackler, Dan, just kind of like whoop their guy immediately and, and tackle them in the backfield. But the effort was, I, I thought, outstanding by Quay for sure throughout the game. And the difference between him tackling and most of the team tackling is where he starts to tackle is where they fall down, which seems pretty simple. Yeah, right? guys really don't go through Kuei, whereas some other guys, they take him for a little ride. Yeah, and you get a couple extra yards. If Kuei's hitting you, he's generally dropping you on the spot, which, hey, I love that. I love the effort. I thought he had a really nice coverage rep on Laporta, even though I think Laporta got the catch. He did. Kind of an out route. Um, but that's that's a perfect throw, good catch. You're right there in coverage. Laporta, as we talked about before the season, and as it's showing out so far, is probably at least a top 10 tight end in the league. Right now, he's more like top five, like stats-wise. Um, but he's going to be a really good tight end for a really long time and a receiving tight end through and through. So the fact that you can match up with him man-on-man and have blanket coverage, not most people are going to be able to keep up with that. You're not going to get much tougher assignments. No, absolutely not as far as a receiving tight end threat goes. I mean, he's no Kelsey type of thing. He doesn't have the athleticism of Waller or somebody crazy like that, but he's going to be one of your tougher assignments as he's proven because he's been kind of torched in the league so far, setting records for rookie tight ends. So the fact that you could stay with him, props to you, Quay. 
me. I'd love to see it out of the young athletic linebacker when it actually shows, you know, right. not just what he has on, on tape or the numbers, but seeing it, believing it. You know, the defensive line, there were spurts where they burst through, but just couldn't quite make the tackle. I honestly yep. was pretty impressed with David Montgomery's vision because there were a few times where someone, you know, shot through a gap and that the play would have been blown up, but Montgomery does a, ju- a jump cut gets in a proper hole, and then is off well, for 15. And this is the thing. We've known about this about Monty forever. He came out of Iowa State. This was his thing. He had the, he, in college, had the most missed tackles in all of NCAA. They were calling him Le'Veon Bell when he came out. Right, because he had that kind of style. And it's, dude's hard to tackle, right? I mean, he's not a home run hitter. and that's I'm sure that's why the Bears kind of moved on. That, you know, obviously money. Um, so that kind of limits his ceiling as a player. But he is tough to bring down. He's going to make those jump cuts at the right time. He has great vision. He has great balance. He's going to be hard to bring down. So a little disappointed we didn't get him down a little bit better, quite frankly, especially by that defensive line. But you're right. There was some penetration there. And realistically, they gave Montgomery the ball 32 times. He only averaged 3.8 yards per carry. It looks bad at, at 121 yards and three touchdowns. But his long was only 16 yards. Right? Yeah, he we, wasn't breaking off 40 bangers. That was Khalif no. Raymond instead. Yeah, which that is obnoxious. He kills us every time we play him. He every has at least time. one or two plays. Every single time. So, it is what it is at this point. That is not what the defensive line is built for. We know that. We've talked about that. They are a penetrating defensive line. That's not going to be ideal against this style of offense. No, they are good at rushing the passer. Kobe Wooden should have had a sack on that Laporta play. Just mm-hmm. Jared Goff making a miss. Carl Brooks was able to bring him down. Um one of our few stops that was in the second half on our little comeback run. It's a beautiful play by Carl Brooks. I slid up and said, you're good. I'm sorry. Immediately. Both of them, Kobe one, Carl Brooks, they are showing flashes, especially as mid to late round draft picks. I'm very happy with what I'm seeing so far. Totally. Way better than Dean Lowry and Tyler Lancaster. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Except Dean had that one season where he was like randomly good. Useful. And thankfully the Vikings decided to pay him because of it. <laughs> but, um, Not thankfully for them. Right. But yeah, a little disappointed in why at this game. Clark didn't have an awesome game. TJ Slayton didn't have an awesome game. Um, so a little disappointed in some of that, but not surprised. I'll put it that way. But you should feel so much better. I'm assuming you caught uh, Joe Barry's postgame conference talking about how we're going to fix the defense. Well, you know, guys, if it was one thing, we'd fix it. Some plays, it's one guy. The other plays, it's another guy. The other play, it was... There was no hope there whatsoever. It was basically like there's so many issues. I don't know. I got no plan. Just saying he's going to fix it. Terrifying. It's like you're morbidly obese. I'm going to lose whatever much. That's wonderful. What are you going to do? I don't know. You got to have a plan, yo. Got to have a plan. You got to try to figure it out. And hopefully, hopefully he just was trying to be vague and didn't want to get into specifics. I don't believe that's the case because it's Joe Barry. Joe Barry, do you have specifics? But we got something's got to change. What right? is Rex Ryan doing? Like there was, um, get him out of the booth. Bring him, bring him to the sideline. Wasn't at the end of the game where we ended up like somehow stuck in a light defensive package against them on like the goal line. I think that was in some on of the, that, the backbreaker drive. Yeah, and some of that is just you know the lines trying to you know not subbing to kind of keep us out in that. But like, what are we doing in the first place? Going light package. Right, and just having two down linemen. And it was super late. I think it was Wooden Brooks. It was like as yeah. bad as it gets. Yeah, it, it wasn't Kenny out there. It wasn't TJ Slayton out there. If it's one and one, I get it. But at least have one of your big boys out there. Correct. There was no chance we were going to be able to stop them there as they were trying to run out the clock and, and score on that last drive for them. So I just, 
Like that is a personnel decision. That is on Joe Barry. Right. And he called lighter boxes. That's on Joe Barry. We've seen him do it plenty of times recently. All he does. Just stuff the middle from guard to guard. We got three big dudes there. Right. Then we got the two outside backers just off the tackles. And that's how we can stop the run game. We should have tried to do that a lot earlier and a lot more frequently. But I mean, it is what it is. We know that Joe Barry's not a good defense coordinator. We know we don't have a run stopping team. Not surprised at all. Hopefully we find some fixes for it. I don't know what those are going to be besides not Joe Barry and drafting more large people. Yeah, I don't know, but I think based on the floor's press conference, I think this seat is starting to turn up a little bit. We're not quite hot seat yet, but we're getting a little warm. Yeah, he was pretty pissed. As he should have been. 100%. 100% agree. 100% agree. On to the Raiders, because I don't really know what else we need to talk about. Darnell Savage is on skates. Love was sacked five times. That's kind of what I got. Yeah, yeah. The secondary was uh, meh. You know what I mean? Like, Rasul got beaten on that one play, which, by the way, was a straight-up Devontae route. Yeah, and they called it for Rasul because they knew that they how did. aggressive he is. Yep. That sucks. It wasn't Jai- great. If Jair's playing, that's not an issue. Oh, totally. Right. But, like, I understand, like, who, do you, who are you going to put on a Monra that's left? I get it. You're not going to want Valentine. He's, he's the best corner you have left. I get that. But I could not think of a worse matchup worst. for him. It's like yeah. him or Cooper Cup. Yeah. Like those shiftier guys. If we have to play Puka Nakua, uh-uh. <laughs> I am not letting DK Metcalf, or I'm not letting uh, Razul cover him. He can cover DK Metcalf and stay over there. I'm cool uh, with that. Little shout out to the special teams again. Not kind of Keyshawn Nixon, but not. He kept taking out some deep ones that didn't really go anywhere. Um, he did have a really nice punt return, though, at some point. We put him back there and said Jaden Reed to give us a little juice. Mm-hmm. Though I think Jaden Reed's done a phenomenal job back there. Um, and then Anders Carlson, two for two with a 50-yarder. I mean, dude's been money. Starting out even to think about him kicking. Right? It's weird. Like, I love it, but it's I, weird. I'm pretty sure I went up to the bathroom when he kicked. I was like, it's going to be good. I think we're fine. Yeah, I feel comfortable with it. And even up to 50, past 50, he's proven he can do it. On to the Raiders. All right, so we have a little, hopefully, Devontae Adams and Jair reunion. Uh, that will be fascinating if Jair plays, oh, which yeah. I think he's supposed to. He Looks better like play, because you're just like missing out on good football if we don't have that. And or if, if we Joe don't Barry. have that, Devontae's going to have 25 catches. Oh, easily. Easily. <laughs> he will set the uh, record for catches in the game. You can place your money on it now. 100%. We'll be facing the 1-3 and three Raiders coming off a 17-24 loss at hands of the Chargers. The Raiders are going to come in with a little bit of a different team than they would have when the season started. Jimmy G is no longer the starter. They've gone to, I think it was a draft darling of ours for backup quarterback. Aiden O'Connell. Aiden O'Connell out he of Purdue. He does not look like he should play football. No, 24-39, 238 in a pick. Numbers aren't, aren't as bad as it was. I think he also had two fumbles. He just looked lost. And oh, by the way, he single-handedly revived Khalil Mack's career by getting sacked six times, five times by him alone. Shout out to him, right? Yeah, I mean, we think we have offensive line problems. Khalil Mack ain't that good anymore. Like, he's still a very good player, but he's that not the pass not rusher happen. he was. Now he's more of a much more of a run defender as he's aged. So this is a game where we can hopefully get after the young guy. And I mean, we're going to need to, and we need Jair back, as you know. That's where he's going with the ball. I mean, the the receiving targets for the Raiders last week, the running back Josh Jacobs, who's also been suffering from the offensive line. Uh, he only did 17 for 58 on the ground, but went 8 for 81 in the air. Oof. Devontae, 8 for 75, and then it's like Jacoby Myers with 2 and Hunter Renfro with 2. So this is pretty much the Devontae and Josh Jacobs offense. And I feel pretty good about Rasul on Jacoby Myers. Yeah, that's pretty about fun, that Because Myers is like 6'3 and not actually fast and fumbles right. the ball randomly. That's fine. Yeah, I'm good with that. 
and then Keyshawn, do whatever you can, Hunter Renfro, but they don't throw him the ball anyways. So it doesn't matter. Yes, we should be good. I do want to just point out something looking at their depth chart, just a little quirk. Oh. Right? Their left, their backup left guard, center, and right guard is the same person. Is it Greg Van Roten, or is he starting? He's he's starting at right guard. It's Jordan Meredith. So which tells me they probably don't have a lot of depth there. Probably not. Because that's it. They're also starting Greg Van Roten, who was one of our perennial backups for years. He, for years. He was a backup like, like a while 2010, ago. 2011, I feel like. Yeah. He was one of the people that Nanama Kinsu stepped on. Wasn't he? I, I believe you're correct. That's over 10 years ago. And yeah, it's he been a while. was a marginal player then. I guess he's I, just been a good journeyman. I don't know. This is what I'm saying with being a decent backup, right? Yeah. He must try really hard. He's got to. Can we trade him for Royce Newman before the game? I'm down. They got Michael Meyer, rookie tight end. Uh, so we got a battle of the rookie tight ends. Michael Mayer. Mayer, you're, you're completely I was correct. I thinking Meyer, Mayer. Halloween. Do, 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 do. It's almost the season, right? It's, it's October. October. It's totally the season. Uh, Come on. <laughs> we got pumpkin spice this morning, dude. Come so we, we got the battle of the rookie tight ends. Um, we have the more athletic one, so that's fun. Backup is Austin Hooper, so that's where he ended up. I would take Josiah over Austin Hooper any day of the week. I'm, I'm with you there. I, hey. w- I would take Tyler Kraft over, over Austin Hooper at this point in his I career. I would take Austin. At, no, who's our fourth tight end who wears an 89? Like uh, some Sims. Matt yeah, Sims. Yeah, Ben Sims. Ben Sims. Some Sims. Some Sims. Let me play the Sims and find yeah. out. All it's right. not Chris Sims. I know that. Thank God. You'd make a bad tight end. You would make a very bad tight end. Their defense has got some people, though. Not Chandler Jones, I believe. He's either in a psych hospital or in jail, unfortunately. Yeah, so hopefully he gets better. No, he gets what he needs. Totally. That's super sad. I mean, yeah. to be at like the height of your life and then whatever's going on with him, yeah. like prayers Seems and like thoughts some, and shout some out. mental health type stuff. But for the game, it definitely doesn't hurt us that he's out. Yeah, no, happy we don't have to play him. Because so Max Crosby is still a game record. He had two sacks against the Chargers, and people just forgot because Cleo Mack had six sacks. And it's so interesting because Max Crosby is like, not physically gifted really you know what i mean he's a he's got good technique good skill and he tries very 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 hard he's all, all the time. heart he's all heart he's just a wild man out there good skill he's like a viking honestly kind of looks like one too yeah like all those norseman shows we got now yeah. you should have a little war we well, went to eastern michigan so works it does i see what you did there so i appreciate that thank it you it really does um who's backed up by tyree wilson who is like a top five pick that everyone forgets exists? Correct, because he's done. Is uh, he doing anything? Uh, no. He was what, like top, honestly, top three last year? Something like that, yeah. There's been a few of those. Athletic freak. Like him and Trayvon Walker just don't exist. Nothing. Mm-mm. Yeah, a little weird. A little weird. And then they have, I don't know if they still have Casey Hayward. They did for a bit, but they have uh, Marcus Peters back there. They do the old, old Marcus Peters at this point. Do they have Casey Hayward? No. No. Oh, unfortunate. So no, we don't. have no only Devontae's the former Packer. Devontae and Greg Van Roten, I guess. Uh I believe so. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah, I I think so. I believe so. Which is kind of a kind of a bummer. And they have Carlson's older brother kicker. Hopefully it doesn't they come do. down to that. Battle of the Battle of the Carlsons. Kinda of fun if it would come down to it where our Carlson kicks the game winning kick. Is it in Lambo or is it in Vegas? Uh, it should be an easy find. Yeah, you should, we should be able to figure this out. It's in Vegas. So can you imagine little Carlson kicking in Big Carlson's house? That would be phenomenal. That would be phenomenal. That would be pretty cool. I mean, I don't want it to be that close of a game, no, honestly. not at all. But, but let's see. I, that'll be interesting. Bisaccia going back. Or at least just outkick him like other Carlson makes a 50-yarder. Ours makes like a 52. It's just back and forth. Just a little one-up. Yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. Game. 
you wanted to do what we used to do last year and kind of look around the rest of the NFC North, you said? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, we don't have to talk about the Lions. We know who they are. They're top of the division, 3-1, and one, right? Um, but I think we're south of Sheridan, right? So we got, we got to check in on, on the rest of them. We got to check in on those Bears. Man, oh, man, Bear fans are feeling good. Justin Fields has arrived. He's looking real good. I mean, he's also, he was playing one of the NFL's most staunchest defenses. I mean, did you see... The, the way the Denver Broncos gave up 70 points last week. The heart, the inspiration, I mean, they're out there hitting people, guys. My God, they're ending careers. So somehow against this just vaunted juggernaut, the Broncos defense, Justin Fields throws for over 303 touchdowns. Hey, yeah, congrats to him. Yeah, right. there you First go. First time, I think, hitting 300. Bears have a nice lead, and then they just fumble it all away like the Bears do, and they lose to the Broncos 31-28. My God. Honestly, I feel like that is worse than just like a, a normal loss. Because they totally right. had it. They totally they were feeling so yep. good. They were. I mean, you had the best game, the perfect game for Justin Fields, right? There was a point where he had 16 straight completions, set the new franchise record. Oh, yeah. He was like 8 of 8 to begin the game. It yeah, was I mean, it was wild. Great. Wild. And then somehow you blew that to the second worst team of the league. To the meme. Well, yeah, you got to defend your title. And this was... At this point in the season, maybe third who's worst. the worst team in the NFL? Uh, right now it's the Bears. Yeah, but I'm, it was either the Bears or the Broncos at this yeah. point. I mean, Russell Wilson's looked better, but just on how bad that defense has been somehow. And they have good players. They have good players. Like, I'm confused by it. They have Pat Sertan and Justin Simmons. I know Justin Simmons is is hurt right now, but like those two alone are phenomenal secondary players. You got Kareem Jackson back there might be the problem. He's like 36, 37 now. That's fair. He's, I mean, that's he fair. starts at strong safety for them. I'm that's rough. Hoping because of injuries. But you think the other two would do something? I mean, they're both really good. Yeah, Josie Jewell. I will. Josie Jewell. I don't know what's going on there, man. Drew Sanders as Josie Jewell's backup. Drew yeah. Sanders, another one of those like freaky athletic. He can cover. He can rush the passer, middle linebacker dudes. I, don't, I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they're so bad. Vance Joseph, the D coordinator. That's probably why. Yeah, he's real bad. Like they're historically bad. Him and Joe Barry are buds feels like it so that was an incredible loss um oddly enough uh, not oddly enough but i guess a lot of their offensive firepower in the first half seemed like they just just the broncos didn't want to cover anybody specifically cole Komet. i was gonna say on the cold touchdown it was straight verts and someone just completely there's just nobody within like 20 yards of him you never play madden dum-dum like you could see that play coming from a mile away you kidding I just, me I, I just don't understand what happened i don't know but they're bad so they're really bad. I mean, the only downside for us now as Packer fans is that they currently hold the number one and two pick in the draft, if it were to end today. The thing is, though, with draft picks is you have to hit on them. That's true. I've told a lot of Bears fans, honestly, what they should do is they should just draft Caleb Williams if he decides he still wants to come out after seeing that the Bears would draft him. And Drake May, quarterback one and two in this class. Like, one of them might do something. You have such a bad success rate, you might as well just pick all the lottery tickets. It's just like throwing darts, man. Just keep throwing them. One of them has to hit at some point. Eventually. Unless you're the Bears. Unless you're the Bears, none of them hit. See, I thought you were going to say take Williams and then take Harrison, and then hopefully you can just do something with that. That would I would hate that as a backer. <laughs> and DJ Moore was at least productive in this game. He was. He really was. DJ Moore had a good game, which which hurts me because I like DJ Moore a lot. You love DJ have. Moore. He, he's been my guy for several years now. Yeah. Free DJ Moore. I remember. Like, yeah, 100%. Um, and then we got the Vikings going up against the other worst team in the NFL. They're yeah. they're like three super bad teams, right? It's a three headed monster, right? It's the Broncos, the Bears, and probably the Panthers. Yeah, Panthers almost beat the Vikings. I was only twenty one thirteen. 
Kirk Cousins throw it a hundred yard pick six. He got laid out. Pretty great. That Loved was that. phenomenal. Just getting destroyed on that on the interception return. Loved it. So Loved he had a I don't know how far the other pick went for. Now I'm curious to see because Kirk Cousins was twelve and nineteen, buck thirty nine and two touchdowns. Two touchdowns, two interceptions. I wonder if That's he threw more yards to his team or to the Panthers. Because he got ninety nine on That's one. A, that's a phenomenal question. He got nine nine on one. That's a phenomenal I, I question. I might try to find that out. That's going to be a very difficult stat to find. Maybe it will do it faster than I am. Because it's just going to give me interceptions. It's not going to give me. Ooh, maybe on interception like return yards. Maybe. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. If you look up return yards, you'll see that. But so yeah, that that was interesting. Bryce Young hasn't looked great so far this year. I mean, also a rookie and his number one receiver is 30-whatever-year-old M. Thielen. Who's balling out, DJ by the Chark, way. DJ Marshall. I just I don't see it in this offense. I don't really like anybody. I wouldn't want any of those guys in the Packers you give them to me. Maybe Chuba Hubbard. Maybe. That's it. I would take uh, Jonathan Mingo. We wanted Jonathan Mingo. Yeah, okay, fair. Fair. I would take him for sure. Um, Who doesn't play? Miles Sanders, I would take over A.J. Dillon. Even though he's not doing anything, it's a but, former ego. I can't root for him, but I, I'll I'll still take it. I'll still take it. But yeah, I'd, not a very talented team. Adam Thielen have a little bit of resurgence there. Um, I like a lot of the defensive pieces Carolina has. You know, I'll take Jeremy Chin all day long. They have a phenomenal defensive line. But yeah, kind of a kind of a weird uh, thirty-one yards, hundred and thirty total. There you go. Wow, that's <laughs> that's that's rougher. a that's a fun stat, Devin. Yikes, buddy. So, unfortunately, he had um, 139. But if you go by team passing, which counts sacks, you're tied at 130. Thank you, Carolina. Thank you for that. That's a phenomenal stat. stat. I love that. That, That's great. Look at that symmetry. Um, (laughs) But yeah, the Vikings look bad somehow. I mean, they still have some decent pieces, but they don't look like a like an issue at the moment no you have defensive aging you see flashes from jordan addison but you still just don't have enough firepower around jefferson yeah, yeah alexander madison actually had a pretty good game he was like 12 or 14 for 95 not too shabby probably the best he's been they did add cam Akers. i still just don't like i said i don't really see them as a big no. threat hawkinson if we can figure out our offensive line we should be number two right behind the lines and maybe overtake them depending on how things develop um but I'll still be rooting against the Vikings, especially when they have that number Always. eight back there. Always. Always root against the division. I'm just, I'm just going to keep it up. As we should. 100%. Do you want to talk our oddly specific statistical predictions for the game? Oh, yes, yes. We got to throw a couple out. You, do you have any in mind? No, you go first. Oh, boy. Okay. I'm going to say... <clears throat> I'm going to say it's a Luke Musgrave coming out. Pardon. Oh, is he even playing? I, I'm... I just always pick injured people, so we'll find out. Maybe I should have picked somebody yeah, else. Maybe you should not. not Unless if the person you pick gets injured, you're being subprojected okay. next Okay, how week. about I do a combination of Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft for... I'm going to go 50 receiving yards and a touchdown. Okay. Decently conservative, but I like it. Hopefully between the two of them, even if Musgrave doesn't play, I mean... Probably the it's real like, tight end too. Probably gets more snaps, but probably. But I'm talking like maybe one, one, one play. It's all you that's need. All it takes. It's all it takes. So between our rookie tight ends, we get 50 yards and a touchdown. Okay. You know it's it's October. It's getting chilly for some people. Doctor's gonna make a couple house calls. Ooh, I like it. Say, 
74 yards and two touchdowns with Ooh, two four catches for Christian Watson. Four catches. Interesting. He's going to be okay. aggressive. I like it. I like it. He did not live up to what I said last week. I believe it was 113 yards and a touchdown. Definitely did not get there. Did not have the snaps uh, for But it. hopefully he, he plays more snaps this weekend. We can make that happen. He should. I mean, this is a nice little mini buy that we had from play on Thursday. And then we have the actual buy. We have the actual buy. So this team could be looking a lot stronger. Little injury notes. Eric Stokes is back at practice. Yeah. That could be huge. Yeah, long term. I mean, I think he's going to probably practice like the whole three weeks. You know, yeah, he's not come back before the before the week after the buy, obviously. But agreed. We'll see. Uh, game score predictions. We forgot last last week. We might as well just keep them rolling, right? So we forgot we last week. Or we did yeah, last week. We forgot last week. Okay. So we're going to keep it rolling by not forgetting it? By not forgetting it. Okay. Which is a small blip, right? Yeah, and she'll pop on the radar. Uh, I think the offense bounces back a little bit. I say 27-21 us. Oh, I like that. It's close to me. I'm going to go 31-21. Three touchdowns by Devontae. I think he's going to be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, especially with rookie Aiden O'Connell, who the the lights are just a little too bright for that young man. God bless him, but he was not ready for that moment. If you're him, who are you looking for? I don't think he's that young, man. I think he's older than Love. Okay, Luke, I didn't mean... Why do you got to do this? He's a rookie, <laughs> okay? You don't have to dissect everything that I say. I mean, we are... Uh, this is kind of our job right now. This, this is exactly our job. Yeah, yeah. our very serious side hustle. All right. I think that's all I got. Is that all you got, you got, man? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, a, a bounce back would be nice. I just want to remind everybody that the world is not burning. Packers Reddit is one of the most absolute toxic places you can yeah, be. It's a, it's a rough place, especially on game day. So don't even go there. Come to South Dakota Curtain instead, where we do you guys right. I completely agree. And you have to roll your eyes at us a little bit, but that's kind of part of the fun. I roll up my eyes at Devin constantly, especially every time Josiah gets brought up. That's how that I know that I'm loved. Until <laughs> next time, guys. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.